Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Week of fasting. Anybody just uh, so excited about that? I don't know about you. I've just not been real excited about it, you know, because when I, when I do my fast, I purpose not to eat. I'll do maybe a salad or a bowl of soup for a day, but, you know, I just keep it real light. Uh, you know, just enough to put on my stomach so I can take some vitamins and things like that. But I'm telling you what, I hate when it comes to fasting time from the stance of my natural man. But, man, spiritually speaking, oh, man, it's been good. I hope that you've been just purposing to spend time with God. And from that perspective, it's always good. You can begin to feel your spirit and your heart grow and just beginning to get things aligned with God. All the while, your flesh can be agitated and thinking, man, I just want something to eat. You know, and they, then the husband or wife comes in and, you know, you just chew on them for a minute because, ah, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're just, hungry. You know what I mean? But man, God has been doing some amazing things. Uh, uh, one of our uh, lead team members has been, been putting out a weekly uh, or a daily, I should say, a daily post concerning just fasting and just kind of giving you a little bit of nuggets. And so uh, if you want some inspiration, go to the GVC Facebook page. You'll find it on there. They'll give you some points as to what to pray for. Uh, just uh, believe God for some things. And so we're going somewhere, praise the Lord. And uh, one of the things that the Lord said to my wife, she said, if we as a church will begin to hunker down collectively, pursue God, we'll see a turnaround. Amen. And one of the things that God has called us to is to change the landscape of this community. Now, that's interesting when you think about just those words in which God gave us to change the landscape of our community. And as long as you're within this community, you realize that it's real easy just to kind of get blind to your landscape. It's what you see in day in and day out, right? Well, my wife, you know, she was saying to me just the other day, because she had to go down to Detroit and pick me up at the airport, and then she went down to Sterling Heights. She actually taught for me this past week at the, the, the Bible school. And uh, as we're driving back, one of the things that she says to me, she says, boy, it's really interesting that as you get further south into maybe some of the higher uh, economical uh, populations, it looks different. The landscape looks different. And she said, you know... It's interesting that as you're traveling uh, uh, north on 23 or on 75, you get to a certain point as you come into the Flint area and the landscape starts to change as to how it looks, meaning not as nice as it should. Well, here's the thing. God doesn't expect us just to look at that and say, well, that's somebody else's problem or that's politics no, that's us, the church. We say, well, what can we do? First thing we can do is we can pray. God, you're changing the landscape of this community. Businesses are coming to this greater Flint area. The, the landscape of Genesee County, it's starting to grow. It's starting to prosper. Families are coming back. Businesses are coming back. Why? Because we purpose to take our place as a church and saying we're changing the landscape. Amen? So it's changing, praise the Lord. You just hide, watch, wait. You'll see it. It's turning already. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, today is our second week in our series that we've called Remember This. Remember This. And I don't know if you've got a steel trap brain like mine, but I, I'm really good at remembering stuff. 
And it's never good at remembering or it's never uh, remembering the good stuff. You know what I mean? In fact, it's always the good stuff like, oh, yeah, I guess that did happen. But when it was something bad, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know what I'm talking about? And so every single one of us can go through this life and experience disappointments. And we can hold on to those disappointments and remember, or we can choose to look at things differently. You know, it reminds me of a a traveling minister. Uh, He was a traveling uh, evangelist, and he ministered uh, along the lines of of healing. And so, you know, he he just purposed to see God do miracles. You know, I was like, man, we're going to have miracles. And so he was in one particular town, and, and uh, he's standing up in front of his people uh, or the congregation of that city and where he was at, and he's, he's saying, we're going to have miracles tonight. We're going to have miracles. God's going to perform miracles. He says, are you ready for miracles? And everybody shouts, amen, praise God. And so he looks down to this one man on the front row, and he notices that this man has crutches. And he says, hey, sir, how you doing? He says, what's your name? He said, my name's Bob. He says, Bob, are you ready for a miracle? Bob says, yes, I'm ready for a miracle. He says, Bob, he says, I want you to go stand behind that curtain. He says, we're going to praise God. And he says, when I tell you to do something, I want you to, I want you to listen to my instructions. And so, praise God, we're going to have miracles tonight. So, Bob, he gets up and goes behind the curtain. He's preaching a little bit more, and he sees this other guy, and he happens to say, sir, he says, he says how you doing tonight? He says, I'm doing good. He says, what's your name? He says, my name's Bill. And he realized what was matter with this man is that he had a speech impediment. He says, Bill, he says, are you ready for a miracle? He says, tonight is a night for miracles. He says, tonight's going to be your night for a miracle. He says, Bill, he says, why don't you go stand behind that curtain? And when I tell you to do something, he says, I want you to listen to me. And so, Bill, he gets up and goes behind the curtain. And he says, all right, praise God. We're going to have miracles tonight. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Praise God. He says, hey, Bob, he says, throw those crutches out. And so you hear the crutches be thrown out and hear the thud. And he says, praise God, we're going to see miracles tonight. He goes, hey, Bill. He says, Bill, you back there? He says, Bill, I want you to say something. Bill says, Bob fell down. (laughs) 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 Ah, So what am I saying, man? Even preachers can have discouraging services or discouraging times in their ministry, right? (laughs) Because Bob fell down. He didn't get his miracle. (laughs) But here's the point. When it comes to our lives, (laughs) did I tell it all right? Was it bad? Was it that? Listen, I'm getting to be known for the preacher that tells the worst jokes in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your support, church. I appreciate you. Feel the love. Feel the love. Oh, praise God. Well, here's what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 1. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. He says, believe and be confident in God and trust in Him. Have faith. Hold on to it. Rely on and keep going. Believe also in me. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, once again, you realize that when we find ourselves being troubled, when we find ourselves being discouraged, the main reason why is because we're remembering all the wrong things. And have you ever noticed that when you're going through some things, when you're discouraged, when you're having difficulties, everything compounds upon one another? I mean, everything compounds on everything. I mean, 
you're, you're having a bad week. You're having some things that you're dealing with. And then, you know, the wife says to her husband, she goes, did you help the kids with their homework last night? And the husband says, no. And she's like, yeah, I should have known. Didn't help the kids with their homework. And, and, and in fact, you know, I tripped over your shoes this morning. I've asked you a hundred times, don't put your shoes in front of the door. And here you go, leaving your shoes in front of the door once again. Right? And then your kids are getting ready for school and they come out and then it's immediately you start chewing on the kids. Is that what you're wearing to school today? Are you kidding me? You're leaving this house looking like that. And then you get in the car and you take the kids to school. And then as you're going down the road, you see the person in front of you and you're like, you moron. The right side is the gas pedal. The left side is the brake. Use the right side. Push it down, buddy. Push it down. You know what I'm talking about? It seems like when you're going through something, it can be the littlest things that you're dealing with, but everything compounds on one another. In fact, when it came to me and my sister growing up and concerning my mom, one of the things that we would always say, be careful, mom's on the war path. <laughs> and what that meant is, man, she's just looking for a fight. She's looking for something, man, and she'll find it. You know what I mean? Because it seems as though when we're going through challenges, when we're going through discouragement, when we're going through difficult times, it seems like everything begins to compound on each other. Now, I want you to stop for a moment and just think about that because every single one of us deal with those things and experience that and and probably live that out more frequently than we want to admit. And so is that a coincidence that that's what happens? Is it a coincidence that as I'm talking about those things, some of you are laughing because you're saying, yeah, I can relate to that. Well, is it a coincidence that you and somebody that's sitting next to you are saying, yeah, I can relate, man. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's not coincidental. In fact, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says this, don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices or his ways. You see, the enemy is really good at bringing up and reminding you of all the little things. It can start out here with something very simple, but it turned into a mountain. It was only a molehill to begin with, but because he kept reminding you of things and reminding you of the things that, that, that frustrates you, it became an ordeal, right? So don't be ignorant, of how the enemy works. Don't think it's just you. Don't think it's just your undisciplined family members. Don't think it's the person down the road. Yeah, they might have their issues, but it don't have to be your issue. I was meeting with a couple. I think I'm going to adopt this into, into my vocabulary. Uh, There's a couple that we, they're getting married, and they were doing uh, some marriage counseling with us, and, and, and they were talking about kind of some of their conversation with one another. And, and you know, when it comes to talking about certain things, and I think it was the, the man to the wife, or the woman, and he says, none of your business. Not your business. And what that means is, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on, and you can have a, have a conversation, you can have an opinion, you can say something about it, but if it's not your business, why let it mess with you? Right? Come on, it got quiet in here. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't have to let everybody else's problems mess with me. I don't have to let everybody else's life dictate my joy level, right? I mean, you can be a knothead if you want to. It don't mean I have to let it move me, right? And so don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. And then the Bible says this. In fact, it's over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. 
So he's talking about how we combat this life as a believer, as a Christian. Then he goes on to say, he says, now think on these things. He says, think on the right things. And then he goes on to say this. He said, here's what I want you to do. Be careful because part of the enemy's devices is to bring the thought. And if you'll allow that thought to fester, and if you'll allow the enemy to continue to bring thoughts and suggestions and ideas, that thought will turn into an argument. Have you ever been in that place where you're arguing in your head? I mean, your husband and your wife is not even in the room. They're not even in the house. They're not even in the same city as you, but you are having an argument in your head. (laughs) Right? Why? Because you're thinking about what's going on. You're thinking about what happened, and you're arguing. You're having this dialogue on the inside. But then the Bible says that if you'll continue to allow the thought to compound, it will turn into an argument. And if you don't stop the argument, it will turn into a stronghold. It will become a stronghold in your life that takes a stronghold of you. Have you ever talked to anybody that, man, when you talk to them about their life, We've got some family members that way. When you talk to them, talk about their last marriage or their their ex-husband and just all the situations. I mean, they talk like those dirty dogs did me wrong and I can't wait to get them back. And, And I mean, the way they talk about it, you would have thought that it happened last week. And as you begin to talk to them, man, it was 30 years ago. But they talk like it was yesterday. Why? Because it has taken a strong hold of them. The thought continued to fester, compound into an argument, and the argument became a stronghold on their life, and it dictates everything about their life. How they think, how they live, how they talk, how they interact with people. Simply because the enemy is extremely good at bringing and reminding all these little things And his whole agenda is to get you in a place where you're just bound up. Stronghold. Come on. I'm a guy that always loved karate. I could fight. In school, I was skinny. And I had these big wrestler guys that always would try to mess with me. And so I'm like, okay, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Let's do it. But here's one of the things that I knew as a skinny guy. Don't let the wrestler get a hold of you. Because if that wrestler gets a hold of me, I'm dead. I mean, I had to keep my distance. I had to do everything that I could so that he wouldn't get a strong hold on me. Right? Because once he got a strong hold on me, there's nothing that I can do on the ground. Right? And that's what the enemy likes to do to us. Remind us and remind us and remind us to the point where we get into this life where we're walking around being stronghold, being bound, being dictated to by all the past, and God wants us to be free. Amen? Notice what it says here in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43. And for that matter, let me just say this as well. You realize Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted? But did you know he wasn't just tempted one time? When he went bow down to the temptation, the enemy or the devil says, well, what about this? So now he's got another thing to contemplate. And when he says, nope, I'm not going to be tempted by that, then what did the enemy do? The enemy says, well, what about this? So he presents another option. 
And then the Bible says that finally the devil left, but only left for a season. Well, that means that the enemy's coming back. You might say, well, you know what? I got the victory on that one. I've stopped thinking about that. I stopped letting that past thing dictate and determine what my life looks like. But listen, I guarantee you, either that thing or something else is going to come around the corner and start messing with you. It's just the way that the enemy is. Don't be ignorant of his ways. Here's what Isaiah 43 verse 18 says. We've shared this before. You've heard it. But it says this. Don't remember the former things. He's given us some instruction. Don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. So once again, notice it says, don't remember nor consider. So what's that consider? Don't argue with it. Don't toss it around. Verse 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall know it. I, uh, I will even make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. He says, don't remember those old things. Don't argue with it. Don't toss it around. Forget about it. But recognize that I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. How many of you know that new things don't always come with just bells and whistles and woohoo, it's great, it's new. Driving down the road. You get new roads often. Are you excited when you get new roads on I-75? Oh, man, you see those orange cones, you see the signs, and what do you do? <laughs> I hate this. I hate this. Ah! It messes with your life for a moment, don't it? He says, I'm doing a new thing. He says, I'm building a road in the wilderness. He says, there's going to be rivers. How many of you love it when you're going down the road and you start seeing the orange cones and you start seeing the signs? Merge ahead. And you know what that means, right? One lane ahead. That means everything's going to get jammed up. That means everybody's coming to a stop. That means everybody's going to come and stand still. Don't you just love standing still? <laughs> right? That's when you're saying, right side gas, left side ray, right? <laughs> Anytime, notice it says, I'll, I'll bring rivers to a desert. Rivers bring life. Anything that stays still or idle becomes stagnant. And it becomes stinky, doesn't it? What does remembering the past do? You can't change anything about the past. The discouragements of life, you can't change what has already happened. You can only determine what today is and you can only choose what tomorrow is. But you can't change the past. And if I live there, it becomes stagnant. It becomes still. It comes to a dead stop. And if I stay there long enough, it becomes stinky and dead. How come marriages fail and die? Because people keep remembering, remembering, remembering. Rather than saying, no, God said he's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Praise God. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says this. It says, and the peace of God. I, I, I combine this with one that I shared just a minute ago concerning 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But look at this in its entirety. When I said God wants us to remember or to remind us of the fact that he is doing a new thing. There ought to be an understanding or an awareness that with that comes peace. Because the past and rehearsing it and remembering that always brings torment. But God is a God of peace. And it says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding 
will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are, uh, are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything be praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So he says, listen, if you want to experience that peace, think on the right things. Don't let that thought turn into an argument. Don't let the argument turn into a stronghold. He says, think on the right things. Now notice what he says here. Verse 9, it says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So what does that mean? Just this morning, I was, I've been talking to you about don't remind yourself of the past. Don't live in the past. Don't rehearse it. Don't, don't, don't toss it back and forth. Don't let it become a stronghold. Well, now you've got a choice. These things that you hear, these things that you see, do these things. I could be the very first one in line to say, you know what? I've got a lot of things to complain about. In fact, just let me hang out with you long enough. I could probably find something to complain about. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, we all are in that place. But he says, now the things that you see, the things that you hear, these things do. Why do we stand up here and rejoice? Why do we stand up here and lead you in worship? Because we're saying, do these things. Follow us. Don't hang out there. Come on, I know, I know. You you can come into church and think, dear God, I don't know why I'm here today. I don't know why I came. Nobody cares. Everybody hates me. I'm mud. Just don't deserve to be here. No, that's all the more reason to be here so that you can see, that you can hear, that you can begin to do and get out of the rut, right? Amen. God always is telling us to remember. Throughout his word, he says, remember my promises. Remember my covenant. Remember what I've done. He says, even this in the old covenant, he says, build a a memorial so that you'll remember. What's a memorial? They would stack rocks up together and building kind of an altar as a memorial so that every time they walked through, anybody passed by, it was a reminder of God's faithfulness. Remember this. Remember God. Remember His promise. Remember His faithfulness. Think on these things. He's continually telling us. He says, I want you to get your thoughts in order because God has called us to live a life of joy and experience peace. But again, we can't continue to remind ourselves and remember all the discouragements and the letdowns of life. But remember the faithfulness of God. Can you say amen? In John's gospel, John chapter 14, verse 26, it says this. It says, but when the Father sent the advocate, speaking of the Holy Spirit, a representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Come on, if you'll cooperate and let the Holy Spirit work with you, he will remind you of all the promises that he made. We already saw that the enemy's really good at reminding us of all the junk. How many of you know that God triumphs? So if we'll give ourselves and yield ourselves to Him, He'll always lead us into victory. Helping us remember the right things. I'll bring it to your remembrance. I'll bring it to your remembrance. I'll bring it to your remembrance. 
What is the things that he brings back to remembrance? Number one is his word. He'll always remind us of what his word has said. Remember my promises. Remember what I said to you. Remember what I did for you. Remember the whole reason I went to the cross. He'll remind you of his word. But here's something that I want you to see. In Psalms chapter 86 verse 17. Look at what it says here. He says, show me a token for good. That they which hate me shall see it. And be ashamed because thou, Lord, has helped me and comforted me. Woo, praise God. What's that mean? It means that God in his faithfulness, God in his mercy. In fact, let me drop down. I'm going to get ahead of myself here. But in Job chapter 23, verse 14, notice what it says here. It says, for he performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. So God is going to perform what is appointed to you. He's got some assignments. He's got some appointments. He's got some blessings headed your way. He's got some answers. He's got some dreams. He's got some plans for your life that are appointed and are coming your way. But how many of you know they don't always show up in one day? They don't always show up in one week. They don't show up in one, one, one year. They come at different times. They have an appointments. And God says, I'm faithful to my promise. But here's what God does to help us in the midst of that journey of getting what we're trusting him for. As I said here in Psalms 87, it says, show me a token for good. What does God do? He will give you a token throughout your life at different times. And he'll do something for you. And it's just to bless you. It's simply a token to remind yourselves, I'm faithful. I'm for you. I'm not against you. So that when you're tempted to remember all the discouragements or remembering the time that has has gone by, you can remind yourself, oh yeah, God did this. He's faithful. And I'm on my journey to to, to get to there. I'm right here and there's I'm reminding myself of God's token or what he's already done and therefore I'm continuing on and trusting him. And notice what it says. It's also a sign for your enemies. When the devil comes chewing on your ear and saying God's not going to do it. You failed God. You let him down. You messed up. He won't do it now. You can just turn around and say enemy devil I want to remind you of the token that God has already done. He said that there is an appointed time for him to bring it to pass. He will perform it. So I just want to remind you of what he's already done. So na 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 na. Amen. Come on. He's faithful. And I'm telling you, i got to stir myself up at times concerning uh, this church and being a pastor. And just as I'm putting this together, God started reminding me over the past of what He's done. Just the tokens to get us here and the tokens of what He's done to get us where we're going. I remember in the old church before we was ever there, we had a little rented room. I mean, it was just a 30 by 30 room that we started our church in. We did that for a couple years and then we said, God, we, we need a building. And when the building came along, we're like, God, we, we don't have a whole lot of money. And the bank says, well, listen, we won't give you the money. You, you, you can't buy that building. We went through seven banks, and the banks kept telling us no, kept telling us no, finally got to one. And I went and got downstairs before God, and I said, God, you've already said, you've already promised, and so therefore I'm praying for this deal, and I'm praying that the deal is going through. And I started shouting, giving God praise. And then the next morning, I still remember I was, uh, my wife and I, we was in Sam's Wholesale, walking down the, the freezer sections, trying to ignore all the free samples. You know what I'm talking about? And my phone rang. 
And it was the president of the bank. And he says, you've been praying? I said, I've been praying you're making the right decision. He says, well, you've got the building. Woo, praise God. That was just early on in our ministry when we're like, God, we don't know how to do this thing. Nobody's ever showed us how, but we just need a building to call home. Got in there. It was such a ragtag, run-down place. I mean, it was just horrific looking. And so he's like, well, God, we need to fix this thing up. So we started fixing it up. One of the things, it had three different color shades of shingles on the top uh, of the roof. I mean, windows, I mean, it was just a horrific mess. But we knew that God blessed us and got us that building. And so we started believing God to trust him for uh, the renovations of that building. And so we wanted to get it stuccoed on the outside. God gave me a vision of just what it to look like. I drew it out for the guy. And so we had half of the money down and, and we had to get the rest of it at the completion of the job. And as the job is getting closer for him to come and start doing the job, I'm like, man, no more money's coming in. And I started to get ready to call the guy and say, cancel the stucco job because we don't have the money. And God said to me, he said, did you ask me whether you had all the money or did you ask me whether we should stucco the building? I said, well, I asked if you could, if we should stucco the building. And you said, yes. He said, well, then I didn't say to stop it. He said, go ahead and keep on stuccoing the building. So the guy came and stuccoed the building. And he had half the money for the supplies. And then on a Friday afternoon, he slipped the bill under the door and said, now payment's full. We didn't have a single dime for the remainder of the amount. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord. God, you've been faithful to get us this far. You said that if we would just do the building, he said, you told us to say yes or said yes. And so we're just doing it in faith. And I said, so we got one Sunday. And therefore... You know, we've got an offering, and man, we've got a lot of money to make up in that one offering. Praise the Lord. And would you know that for the first time in our church history, we had three doctors show up at our church in one day, and they all gave offerings, and it all accumulated to the amount that we needed to finish the building? Amen. What am I talking about? Well, see, that building wasn't the end of our story. That building wasn't where we were staying. It was just the beginning of things to come. And God was just giving us a token. He was just giving us something to say, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. The promise will endure. You'll reach this community. You'll change the landscape. He said, but this is just a token to get you where you're going. And then obviously you know the story of this building. We're down the road there. We're thinking, dear God, you know, we don't have the money. Don't have a dime, not a dime for this building. And it's just impossible. Well, God is a God of working impossibilities into making impossible. And so here we are. Here we are today as a result of God's faithfulness. Now, again, what's the enemy do? He's like, man, the the attendance has been way down, hasn't it? People, you know, they're just living life, you know, giving's down, whatever the case might be. You know what I got to do? Hey, devil, I want to remind you. I want to remind you of the token that God's already done. I just want to remind you of what God said. I want to remind you of his promises because he didn't bring us here just to fail. He's brought us here to make a difference. He brought us here to make a change. He brought us here to change the landscape. And my God is faithful. Amen. And so what am I doing? I'm reminding myself of God's faithfulness. So what do you do? That which you see, that which you hear, you do as well. So what am I telling you? I know you might be facing some discouragement, some difficult times right now. That's everybody. Welcome to life. If you didn't think that that was what you signed up for, then listen, I just don't even know what to tell you. I mean, you're just living in, you're living in a fantasy world. All of us experience those things. But what am I telling you? I'm telling you, God is faithful. 
God is faithful. Stir yourself up. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness. You say, I don't know that I got anything. Listen, you could be going to hell right now. But you found Jesus. You're born again. You've received Christ. You say, man, well, that's great, but i got to deal with right now. Well, listen, you could go to any church in this community, but you found a church that is a life-giving church that's teaching you the Word of God, that's helping you to grow and, and, and learn how to trust God. Amen. Amen. If that's all you got to do is, man, God, I give you thanks. Woo, I give you thanks. God, I give you thanks for the church that I'm a part of. Uh, again, we've had just a family within our church just uh, this past week had some medical issues with uh, uh, one, of their, one of their children. You know what they did? The very, one of the very first things that they did? They called their pastors. Well, why did they call their pastors? Because there's a church, there's a place called GVC that God connected them to. They could have been down the road in a place they don't believe God has any interest in, in working with us physically or helping us and healing us and, and, and answering prayers. But they were led to a place that said, man, we believe in the power of God. We believe that God does miracles. We believe that God is faithful. We believe that what God did yesterday, He'll do today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I'm telling you what, God is faithful. You know, we as a church, we're facing a deadline where we're believing God for some money to come in. And it's been slow going. Now, don't hear me wrong in the sense of putting any pressure on you. Because I'm not looking to you. I said, I'm not looking to you. I'm looking to God. But over my life, there's been times where I've said, God, I'm going to start learning how to trust you for money to do what you've called us to do. The very first time that I said an amount, I said, God, I'm going to trust you for $1,000. That was when I was in Bible college. By the end of the year, I had a friend that called me up and I was doing some work on his house. He said, man, you've just been a blessing to us. We just want to say thank you. Slipped an envelope across the table and in it was a check for $1,000. Praise God. I said, well, if I can believe God for $1,000, I can believe God for $5,000. So we started our first church as we're in the ministry doing some things. Somebody in the church bought a one-time offering of $5,000. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. I said, well, if God will do 1000 he'll do 5000 he'll do 10000 I said, God, we, we're thanking you for a one-time gift of $10,000 to the ministry. We've seen that come. So we've increased it. We said, God... We're believing for a one-time gift of $20,000. Just, just somebody being a blessing for $20,000. That's Cain. Now, remember what I said we need for our church? We need approximately fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Well, listen, I'm just upping it. If I can believe God for $20,000, somebody's going to bless this church with $50,000. Now, don't get nervous because I'm not looking at you. I said, I'm not looking at you. I'm not trusting in you. I'm not putting my faith in you. I'm putting my faith in God. And my God will send somebody to meet the needs of this church. Praise God. Why? Because I can look over the course of my life and over the course of this ministry and this church. And there's been tokens along the way where God has said, I've got your back. I trust you. I believe in you. I've called you. And therefore, I'm going to use you to do great things. Amen. Amen. So I just stir myself up and remind myself. Remember this, that God is faithful. How many of you know that God loves you? I'm telling you, God's doing some amazing things in your life. 
Believe it. And you'll see it. Come on, let's stand. Praise the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray for you. I want to challenge you this week, just increase your pursuit in God through our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's, let's pursue God, and I guarantee you that God is going to show you some things, give you some tokens that will help you trust Him, believe Him, walk with Him. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that is in this church, those that are listening online. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the grace that is upon this church. I thank you for the anointing that is upon this church that breaks the back of lack, that reaches this community, that changes the landscape. And God, that means that you're going to call and use people to make that happen. So God, I thank you for every single person that's in this place, that they're change agents, that they are people that are you're using mightily. Oh, that that, Father, you have gifted them and called them. And that, Lord, in their life, they'll see that there's things that have led them to this place and to this time and to this place in life. And say, God, I remember this and I remember that and I remember how. Oh, God, you're faithful. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person. That, God, you will reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, bring back to their remembrance all the faithfulness. And all the answered prayers. And all the things that you've done for them to get them to hear. Because God, we're not settling. We're not staying. We're moving forward. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life